You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Let's get down, let's get down to business. Welcome to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. I'm Julia Tashiri. For today, I have the one and only Matthew Cos alongside me here at Scotiabank Arena. You can hear the ambient noises of one or two Anaheim Ducks on the ice right now, just completing their morning skate. A couple of little kids out on the ice too, Matt. I'm thinking they might be playing left and right wing with Trevor Zegers tonight because it's the Anaheim Ducks in town tonight. Uh, we know how things went last time these two teams played. So yes. It should be pretty interesting. It's a game you can listen to on TSN 1050, watch on TSN 4. We also have our pal Kevin McGran here of the Toronto Star. Kevin, thanks for stopping by. Hey, everybody. How are you? Oh, we're good. <laughs> we're rocking. It almost sounded a little uh, crusty. The clown. Hey, everybody. <laughs> oh, no, that's uh, that's, doc- that's Dr. Nick. But, yeah, thanks for me. Uh, love being aboard. Love doing Leafs lunch with you, uh, Julia. It is cold here. I got my uh, jacket on, and uh, no, this, gonna be, this is going to be fun. But one of the big themes is going to be how different things are for the Maple Leafs today against Anaheim than moments after they lost the last time, like a month or so ago. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know, Kevin, where we start with this one. This is a really different Leafs team than the last time they played Anaheim. Things were in disarray the last time this team came down. It really did feel like the low part of the season. I mean, looking back, it obviously was. But they went 0-2 and 2 on that on that road trip. They lost to the Los Angeles Kings, and they lost the, they lost the game they should have won in Anaheim. They lost in overtime, and it really did feel like uh, like what's wrong with these guys? Are they not listening to the coach? Is 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 it a messaging problem? Because if you go back to the beginning of the season, the coach was on them from the very yeah. beginning, right? They lost in Montreal, and he said our best players have to be our best players. And then they lost a couple of days later, and it's like our elite players didn't play like elite players. And and these were the the messages that were coming. So it sounded like the maybe the the coach had lost the room, or the players just weren't doing it. But you know, to their credit, they they started playing a little bit better. The goaltending got a little bit better. Um, I I think the for me the turning point was all the injuries because at that point truly the players had to look around and say look it's not going to be Austin Matthews Mitch Marner John Tavares and William Nylander saving us every night we actually have roles on this team to play and now we have bigger roles on this team to play Sandine Lilligren those guys uh, and so I think they all sort of they, I think maybe the players felt more part of the team because the the top four weren't really getting it done, so they all had to pick up their game, and you know everybody improved just a little bit and took on more, and and, and everybody got better. And now uh, the top four are kind of running away with it again because they're all on scoring streaks and, and stuff like this, and the players of the week and, and and all those accolades. So they do seem to be running on all cylinders, and it seemed to be the low point in Los Angeles and Anaheim that got them here. And, yeah, you go back and look at it at that start of the year. They lose to Montreal. They lose to Arizona, San Jose, Kings, Ducks. At that at that time, only one of those teams had a winning record was Montreal. And I, I think the most remarkable thing is that the turnaround, I mean, for the first half, it wasn't about guns a-blazing. It was about defense. Like This incredible run, Shalgren played a lot of those games. Matt Murray was out. Uh, and then Morgan Riley and T.J. Brody. I think it's the most remarkable thing about the Maple Leafs is how good they are collectively defensively. And I know you wrote about, about Marner getting votes for the Selkie again, but just the, the, the whole team is 
This is the most responsible version of the Maple Leafs I've seen since the early 2000s. Yeah, and I don't think this team gets enough credit for being defensively aware, for being defensively responsible. And, you know, the, the number of shots they give up per game is among the lowest in the league. That's going to help your goalies. Yep. Uh, the number of high-danger shots they give up is among the lowest in the league, and that's going to help your goaltenders. And so your goaltenders then are making saves and getting wins and gaining confidence. You know, you, you take a different goalie, maybe a guy in Edmonton, and put him in, in here, and maybe he's a, a better goalie because he's got a better team playing defensively responsibly in front of him. Poor Jack it, Campbell. Yeah. Poor, just just it, real good. Uh, poor Jack yeah. Campbell. You know, like, it's, it's, it, it all ties together, but I think, Part of that message of playing defensively responsible is because so many of their defensemen were out. Right. They had to do it collectively. They couldn't rely on one or two guys to, to do the job. And and I think that's that's the kind of adversity that teams that go far in the playoffs look back on and say, this is where we got better. This is where it all came together for us. That's Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star, and it'll be Ilya Samsonov between the pipes tonight here at Scotiabank Arena. Uh, they've got the Ducks tonight. That's a game you can listen to right here on TSN 1050. Samsonov got the perfect record at home so far this season, if I'm uh, not mistaken. Does it seem kind of quiet, Kevin, in Leafs Nation? There's no goalie controversy. I know it wasn't uh, Matt Murray's best showing on Saturday night versus the Calgary Flames, but otherwise, it, it's kind of quiet around here. Well, I think the idea is is going to be to play them both, Yep. and I think it'll be, if, if one is struggling and one is going, it'll be two. The guy that's going is going to get two out of three, and if they're both sort of going, or they're both sort of struggling, they'll go 50-50. Right. So I think, uh, you know, Sheldon is going to ride the hot hand, like you, you you could make a controversy of it because Matt Murray is supposed to be the guy in most of our minds, and he's not going two games in a row. But at the same time, Samsonov deserves the start because he's playing so well. So why wouldn't you? I mean, they're still in a point where, I mean, I think a big part of this season is figuring out which of these goalies is going to start game one of the playoffs. Uh, I think that's essentially what yeah. we're, we're going to witness the rest of the way. And I think I think Sheldon Keefe is, is smart to ride the hot hand a little bit more than the cold guy, but don't let the cold guy get too cold, right? right. You still got to play both. You still got to figure that out. And I think we'll probably see Matt Murray, you know, on this road trip, uh, New York, Washington, and Samson will play the other game. And whatever the order is, is the order. Speaking of New York, uh, we were giggling, and it's, you know, far be it for us to make fun of a team. You know, these are professionals, but holy Lord, is Anaheim bad. And Anaheim has one regulation win against, as you mentioned, New York. It's against- a staggering stat. I ah. can't believe it's real. Ah, but JT, it gets better. Their one win against the Rangers. They win 3-2 in a game where they got outshot by like 21. And in net for the Rangers was 37-year-old Halak. So it's their one regulation win was against the backup goalie. They're minus 53 in goal differential. Uh, I mean, we can go two ways on this. Is What the hell's going on with Anaheim? We knew they were going to be bad. It was a rebuild. But it's this is super bad. The other one is this feels like a trap game. This feels like a trap game because the Leafs, they're human. They, they have to know, wow, we, are, we have such an advantage at pretty much every position. And, and I, I, I don't. I'm assuming we're going to have a two-two game at the end of two periods. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know what you were going to say there. You were, you said they're human. I I thought you were just going to say they're the Leafs, and occasionally they tend to <laughs> sometimes come these. Well, games. I mean that that is kind of the narrative around this team for for a good few years. They play up to the level of the competition and yeah. down to the level of the competition. So uh, you're right if you think it's a trap. I I, I have a hard time seeing 
figuring out how the Leafs could lose this game. I mean, Anaheim played last night. They're tired. They didn't get in until one thirty in the morning. Um, it, I just, if, if I guess we could call it a litmus test. Can the Leafs put the uh, the pedal to the metal and destroy a team they're supposed to destroy? I mean, they've lost to them once already. That they should have won a game. They should have won. Anything can happen, and 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 that's life, I suppose. But I find it hard. Uh, to go the other way and to, and to say the Leafs are going to find a way to lose this one. I, I just, they're rolling right now, and maybe they take the, if they took their foot off the gas, that's on them. They didn't look so good against Calgary, and they found a way, so I don't know. I, just, I appreciate that win against Calgary because they've been playing so well defensively. It was nice, just one of those games where um, a lot of turnovers, not great in net, but then the stars like, okay, we're going to win it for you. Like it's just, it's nice. You always want a Swiss Army knife with your favorite team, where they can win in a variety of different ways. And we wonder why is there the uh, toothpick in the Swiss Army knife? Right. Conversation for another day. But like that's the thing. That's the one thing I appreciated the win on Saturday. Yeah, it was. It was a. It was good to see the the. I mean, William Melander. I, I was in Moncton with Team Canada at the time just watching this one on TV, but it did feel like a very quiet five-point game. Yeah. Like, Nylander's having an amazing season. He seems to be doing it very quietly because we're all talking about Marner and his match yeah. going to get going and all that. And there's Nylander with the, the best game of his career. Yeah. Isn't that always the case, though, when Willie – I feel like in games where he ends up getting a bunch of points or scoring a couple goals, I, I don't notice him until he's putting up those points. We were talking – actually, I heard a Sheldon Keith comment. Maybe it was post-game after his – his big uh, five-point night against his hometown team, Bill from Calgary. I always love that reference because he just doesn't seem like a Calgary dude. Um, <laughs> is he starting to kind of work his way into the same echelon as Matthews and Marner? It was, I, I heard Keith kind of say something like that, and I've, I've been digesting it since. Well, the one thing about Nylander this year is he really hasn't had a bad game. Yeah. He might have a bad period. Right. Now and then, like, he sort of wanders off. He, he gets lost in the story sometimes and wanders away. But, you know, you know, Keefe is back to putting him in sneakily on the penalty kill now and then. And when Nylander is, is engaged in the game, if Nylander was as engaged in the game as Mitch Marner is all the time, he would be as good as Mitch Marner. He, and we wouldn't be having these what about William Nylander conversations. And I think we're having fewer of them this year yeah. because he seems uh, just more aware, more consistent. He, he's just doing... I don't want to say he's doing more. He's just doing more of the right things at the right time more often. Yeah. You 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 mentioned Mitch Marner. And just to go back to the theme of how different things are now versus the last time they played, uh, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later on, um, one of the conversations was Mitch Marner getting benched. Remember, like, way back, like, and it, was, it was for a shift. It was for a shift. But, I mean... It's just remarkable to think at the beginning of the year, and you mentioned it about how um, Keith was on the players right from day one, and you wondered if you're going to lose the room. Back then, we were wondering, oh, Marner got benched. Is this the end of Sheldon Keith? But it is remarkable to look at Marner and not only how engaged and how good he is, but the contrast is, is to me, it's absolutely stunning between now and then. Well, I think, I think in Mitch Marner's case, I think at that point, he was trying to do too much because he saw the team struggling. Yeah. And he was wearing it, and then he was giving the puck away. Yes, um, in terrible, uh, terrible moments. But that be- that's because he's got the skill, and he just knows I can do a. Sh- I can like maybe some of the bad junior uh, skills come into play, right? right. Where you think if I can just do this, we can pull it off and be a miracle. 
Uh, and I think that maybe smartened him up. I, I don't think that's necessarily. I mean, Mitch is too smart a hockey player, too good a hockey player for that one moment to to, to resonate. But maybe it did. Um, yeah, Mitch at that point was was taking on too much himself, and and the other big player, well, Tavares was playing well then. The the rest of the team really wasn't. Um, and and now we are where we are with Mitch Marner. I mean, like, is this kind of his his year? Last year, the spotlight was all Matthews, and now the spotlight's all Marner. Actually, sorry to interrupt. Just one quick thing about that. And um, I was reading this Jonas Siegel commented on it. Maybe the greatest thing Marner's done all year is not the fact that he's got twenty two, twenty three points in a row, uh, twenty three games in a row with a point. It's that we saw in the Calgary game that Sutter was putting the number one defensive pairing to slow down Marner and not Matthews. I mean, that is, that is a hell of a tip of the cap by, uh, by the coaching staff of the Flames. Yeah, and I, I like the two split up. I mean, I know we all wanted to see Mitch and Matthews play, play together for all those years, and, you know, Matthews gets 60 goals with Mitch passing him the puck and all that. But when you sort of look at the, the, the top four players, Matthews is incredibly in, defensive in his own zone. Nylander, not so much. Marner is incredibly defensive in his own zone. Tavares, not so much. Yeah. So you, you, you spread them out, right? So when you had Tavares with, with, uh, with Nylander, you needed a Kerfoot on there to be the defensively responsible one. But now you don't. Uh, you, can, you can put in a Maligan or Robertson as a, uh, before he was hurt and see, see if you can generate offense. I, I like the splitting of, of Matthews and Marner just for what it does defensively for the team with those the top two lines on. All right. Okay, I was going to get into World Juniors, but you mentioned his name. Alex Kerfoot, where are you at with him? He's kind of the only guy who doesn't seem to have a real set role right now. You mentioned that they needed him in the top six before. It's not the case anymore. No, it, with wasn't, that it really wasn't working with him in the top no. six, was it? Like, how... You and I could play in the top six and get some points by accident. I and, say and, that as a joke, but I believe it in my heart. And, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he wasn't... He, he, I don't know what's happened to his to his game, but it just doesn't seem like it's there right now. Uh, I think they they kind of miss Yarncroft because he was he's going to be the heir apparent in that role of that sort of the middle six guy. Um, and I don't know what's going on with Alex. He does look more comfortable lower down the lineup, um, but he really wasn't working on that on that second line. Yeah. Okay, we're with Kevin McGrann of the Toronto Star. And just before we let you go, I'll ask you about World Juniors. You just got back from selection camp in Moncton. They officially have a roster now, and it boasts some of the biggest, most offensive players that we've seen in a while all together on Team Canada. What are you expecting from this group in Halifax? Uh, I'm expecting them to steamroll through it, to be quite honest with you. This team is stacked. It's as stacked a team as I've seen yep. um, probably since the Crosby years, right? Like the, this, guy, this team is... What's it got? Like twelve players, um, either returning or or you know, three NHLers and yeah. nine guys that were on the roster that won the gold medal. Um, Shane Wright's on the team. He's going to be a beast, I kind of think. Connor think Bedard, so Connor Bedard, and and Adam Fantilli will duke it out for who's going to be number one in the draft next year. I think it's Connor Bedard by a landslide. But they're both extremely talented players. They've got better balance on their defense with right and left shots. The question to me is goaltending. I'm not sure that they know what they have in goaltending, but typically that sorts itself out. And if they play in the other end and they play as defensively responsible as I think they can because Dennis Williams is a defensive-minded coach, I think the goaltending will, won't end up being an issue. Yeah, always an interesting thing, goaltending at these short tournaments with who gets hot and such. Uh, but, Kevin, thank you so much for joining us and, and teeing up this Anaheim Leaf game with us. We'll catch up with you down the road. All right, my pleasure. We'll see you again.
Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star, everybody. Uh, for Julia Tashari and Matt Cause, you're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider, joins us next from Florida. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Welcome back to Leafs Lunch here. We're coming at you from Scotiabank Arena today. The Leafs have the Ducks tonight. That's a game you can listen to on TSN 1050. Watch it on TSN 4. It's Julia Tashiri with you, and I've got my buddy Matt Cause alongside me for the day. Yes. Uh, we haven't brought up wine or, nope. or rom-coms at all, so, so, so far things are going fairly well. We're well-behaved because the show's a little bit shorter because of the World Cup because coverage. Because of the World Cup. Yeah, yeah. so we're, it's, it's, it's a slightly abbreviated show. Trust me. I have a list of all these other non-Leafs topics that we could do, <laughs> but I feel that would be journalistically irresponsible, and as everyone knows, I am a journalist. We have to keep it on the rails today, especially since we have our TSN Hockey Insider joining us in the next few minutes here from Palm Springs, Florida. I roll. I haven't been anywhere hot in a while. Uh, it's it's, I, it's I, the worst. It's yeah. the worst when you see all those insiders, and they're all standing there. And awkward. Al's brother, too. Oh, yeah, and Al's brother. Apparently, he goes on cruises all the time. Okay. He's a cruise. Like, he's got a stamp card for cruises. He's always on a cruise. Anyways. He's, every fifth cruise is free. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when I see those guys all standing there with a palm tree, there's nothing that's more of an attack on me when I'm looking at snow outside than when I see them with a palm tree. I'm like, is Drager wearing linen? What's going on I here? Know. It makes me angry. I know. But it's the, it makes total sense because it's hockey, right? So yeah. the league meeting should totally be in, in Florida. No, no. See, no, <laughs> no. Just once. It needs to be somewhere lousy. Like, yeah. I always joke it should be like in Bismarck, North Dakota. Like, it should, it should right. be somewhere, some horrible location, but it's never going to happen. It's, it's always down in Florida. And you, the only bummer for me for the Board of Governors was, you know, you want to hear, oh, yeah, we're going to do this World Cup of Hockey and the Olympics are going on. Like, we don't yet have any 100% definitive answers about just the, the really fun international competition that we know the players want to do like i just right. I, I i you want to hear just definitive hard news on that we don't have any of that yet uh and we'll see you know i mean they're still there for a couple of days so things can change but uh it's, it's always something because we just want to see conor mcdavid yeah we just in the end we want to see Con- online with yeah it, it just uh, we want to see all those players play together we want to see conor mcdavid unfortunately defeat austin matthews in a canada america gold cup game that'll that'll conflict us as leaf fans but that's all we really want right right yeah exactly uh leafs ducks tonight on tsn4 and tsn1050 our friend Darren Dreger, kind of our friend of me today because he's somewhere warm he's and wearing? we're Is that somewhere unprofessional? cold. Our TSN <laughs> hockey insider Darren Dreger joins us on the phone right now. Dregs, I, I know that your day is better than mine right now. Uh, well, that's hard to say. Um, <laughs> I just came out of a hotel lobby uh, and a good chunk of what was discussed by the Board of Governors is somewhat eye glazing. That's the term I use. Um, still informative stuff, but now I'm, I'm actually out and staring at the ocean. So, oh, yeah, my day just got a lot better than yours. Yeah. Uh, is, it, is it shorts? Is it linen? What's going on here, Darren? <laughs> well, I'm in a suit at the moment, but as soon as we get all of our TV duties, and radio duties, and podcast duties out of the way, then there could be shorts and a T-shirt in my future. As for the other stuff, Matthew, I'll just I'll, I'll leave that to your imagination. 
<laughs> done and done. It is a very uncomfortable line of questioning when one man is asking another, what are you wearing? Um, as for the glazed over part of the Board of Governors meeting, uh, I'm assuming if, if the eyes are glazed, then the word escrow might have been used 17 different times. Is, uh, is that sort of what you're dropping? Well, look, I can tell you Commissioner Batman was feisty today talking Ooh. about the, the potential Shocking. of salary cap adjustments uh, and, and projection. You know, the way the revenues have grown, there's lots of reason for NHL owners and the players, for that matter, to feel optimism. But they don't feel like they're in a position yet to project that the salary cap is going to increase next year beyond a flat cap, which is the $1 million. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some, there's some potential twists and turns in that, which could elevate as we've reported on. So the Players Association is still, of course, the players are still paying back their debt, which is why escrow is in place. And at the end of the season, escrow drops to 6%. Now, Commissioner Bettman says, according to the agreement, the debt has to be paid off. And if it isn't, then that's why the salary cap only gets bumped up modestly, that $1 million. However, NHLPA sources have indicated that there, there could be a different approach. It would have to be met by way of a PA presentation, likely at the end of the year during the offseason, where they would acknowledge that the player debt hasn't entirely paid off. They're comfortable with that as long as the escrow isn't impacted, but they would let recommend that the salary cap increase to, to maybe as much as $3 million. And that's where Bettman got feisty because, you know, his sense was that we're trying to kickstart a negotiation that hasn't started yet between the NHL and the Players Association. So to be determined. So right now, as far as the NHL is concerned, it'll be a one million flat cap environment next year, but that could change. Right. Okay. I was seeing some quotes come out from the Board of Governors yeah. meeting. Some I was liking kind of the Bettman sass. Um, one, some of it regarding the virtual <laughs> board ad strengths. He, he didn't think yeah. that uh, the glitches were were pro- problematic at all. <laughs> No, he didn't. And look, I, I'm actually on side with him with this. Okay. Um, because I've, I've seen some of the groaning and the hissing on social media and whatnot. Shocking, I know. Yeah. But I don't find it distracting because I'm actually watching the game and the puck. Like, if, if you're distracted, and that was Bettman's point, you know, yeah. especially, you know, from a TV perspective, yeah, I mean, on occasion it catches your eye and you're like, yeah, that seems dumb. Um, but then you realize, okay, well, the puck isn't there anymore. I'm following the play, and this is a pretty good game. And you you kind of forget about the, the digital enhanced boards and whatnot. I mean, it, look, everything is is revenue-driven. And he didn't give a specific number to the amount of money that they're making off these virtual ads. But you can be sure that it's not an insignificant amount. And he did recognize that it's, it's more than what they were expecting. So... Uh, all roses as far as he's concerned, and doesn't sound like he's paying much attention to anybody who's complaining about it. First off, Darren, people hissing or being upset on social media, why do you have to lie to the listeners? <laughs> I know, uh, I know. Uh, Never happens. No, and by the way, any digital ad that can make sh- ensure that the Maple Leafs can re-sign all their players, I am for. Um, yeah. da- Darren, more likely to happen in this scenario, Ryan Reynolds owns Ottawa, or Connor McDavid is facing off against Austin Matthews in a gold medal <laughs> international hockey tournament. Of those two yeah. options, which one is more likely to happen first? Ooh. Uh, first, yeah, that'd be Reynolds. Uh, because, look, uh, Batman did uh, uh, you know, also 
mentioned that he and Deputy Commissioner Bill Daly met with Ryan Reynolds not that long ago and, and talked about the possibility. I mean, Reynolds has made it abundantly clear publicly that he wants to be part of uh, the, the purchase of the Ottawa Senators. You know, it's expected that he would take a, a, minor, a minority share if, in fact, he is involved. But, you know, there's been a lot of reporting on the sale of the Ottawa Senators. And Batman clarified, look, there are no bids that have been submitted yet because the process doesn't allow for bids. He said that there are roughly uh, a dozen or so interested parties that have signed non-disclosure agreements, which means they can't talk about uh, any of it. Uh, I believe one of those includes Michael Anlauer, who is here representing the Montreal Canadiens. He's a minority owner for the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, his name has been attached to the potential buy of the Ottawa Senators for quite some time. So there's probably not a lot that is going to change on that front until the new year. But, you know, again, back to Ryan Reynolds, you know, Bettman thinks that that having a celebrity with that level of passion, um, the the, the marketing expertise that he might bring to not only Ottawa, the National Hockey League, should be considered a good thing. Absolutely. Our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger. <laughs> Darren Dreger joining us from Florida. Did you put Drega. an A at the end of... Uh, that was ridiculous. That was just a <laughs> Tuesday. I, I think it's kind of cold up here, so I've got a little bit of a shiver happening. It is cold. We're at Scotiabank Arena, Dreg, so please Darren. forgive me. Uh, while we're on the subject of the Board of Governors meeting and Gary Bettman, yesterday marked 30 years of Gary Bettman as Commissioner of the NHL. Uh, when you think back on that time, Dregs, what do you think will be... The most notable thing, maybe to this point, that Gary Bettman has done for hockey. Well, I mean, the revenue growth is pretty substantial, obviously. I, I think the league is tracking somewhere in the vicinity of $6 billion in revenues this year. You know, you look at the, the expansion money that has been brought into the owners' pockets. Um, you think of rule changes, how the game has, has shifted over the decades. Uh, player safety introduced to the Department of Player Safety Department. Um, you know, really, it goes on and on. Uh, you know, when you, when you think of leaders of pro sports, I believe David Stern made 30 years, right, in the yep, NBA, yep. and he was the longest-standing uh, commissioner at that point. So Gary Bettman's 30-year anniversary officially is, I believe, in February. Now, he was hired at the very hotel that we're staying at 30 years ago here. Yeah. Uh, and, and became one of you know, pro sports' most powerful execs. And you talk to any of the owners, um, nothing but high praise for Batman. And that has to do with everything that I've just said. But then on top of that, you've got a hard salary cap, which, of course, still infuriates every ex-player and current player yeah. and player agent and all that that goes in with it. But you, you do have cost certainty in that regard. So when it comes to collective bargaining and all the negotiating that Bettman has done with Don Fear, with Bob Goodnow, go down the list, uh, he has represented the NHL owners in a high capacity. Yeah, you know, for as much as we kind of tend to, and maybe me personally, tend to clown on uh, Gary Bettman's love for the Arizona Coyotes and his dedication to, to making sure they work out, how much credit do you think he deserves for the expansion of hockey in parts of North America where it may not be traditionally popular? Yeah, I mean, that's been an important platform for the National Hockey League. Um, you know, that's not all on the commissioner. They have varying departments that manage those sorts of things. You know, you've got the Global Series that comes into play. It was very important for the yeah. Players Association as well and the NHL to just recognize that there's so many great elite-level 
players from other parts of the world, not just Canada and the United States, that make up a big portion of, of what makes the NHL so successful. Now, I say that, and, and I'm going to provide a little bit of balance here because I will say, you know, my opinion, the NHL still has a long way to grow from a marketing aspect. And we're not just talking about eyeballs and dollars here. We're just talking about the impact, the footprint of the National Hockey League. I mean, you think of the National Football League or the NBA, those are two sport giants that from a marketing perspective do it right. I mean, when's the last time the NFL from a marketing perspective swung and missed on something? It just doesn't seem to happen. And yet, you know, the NHL just seems to kind of dawdle along and, and find its way. But that's not through lack of effort, right? So there's always something on the radar of the NHL and the Players Association. So we'll see what they can do moving forward. We are joined by our very warm <laughs> TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger, live from the Board of Governors meetings in Florida. Uh, Darren, moving over to the Maple Leafs, and more sort of just a bigger picture question for you. And they're taking on Anaheim. The last time they faced the Ducks, they lost. Mitch Marner was being benched. Sheldon Keefe was being fired. Austin Matthews couldn't score. Now uh, they are one of the best teams, one of the best records in the NHL. Is it, if, if, there's a lot of different reasons why, but is there one more than any other that sticks out to you, Darren, about what's the, the reason for the turnaround for the team? Yeah, adversity and how they faced it head on, right? You know, when, when they ran into goalie issues with Murray and Samsonov, both hurt. I mean, how many Leafs fans expected that Eric Chalgren was going to be able to, to carry that load and that team was going to be able to respond the way that they did? But they did. Um, now they're healthy in goal, and they've got a great tandem in Samsonov and Matt Murray defensively. At one point, they had Riley out with Jake Muzzin and TJ Brody. Well, Brody is back, but that's a lot of stress on that blue line. And, hey, 39-year-old Mark Giordano was able to give more in terms of time on ice and situational stuff. Uh, Lilligren and uh, Sandine both were willing to take on more responsibility, and I think for the most part, have flourished in an enhanced role. So that stuff matters. And and I think through all of that, this team has really, really come together. And, you know, we can see that every time Marner extends his point streak by a game. I mean, the, the players are thrilled that he's not only making Toronto Maple Leaf history, but he's creeping into league conversation. Now, he's not going to, you know, equal Wayne Gretzky's 51-game point streak. But I just I see a closeness about this group that maybe we haven't seen in recent years. Yeah, definitely something special <laughs> special happening there right now. Our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Dreger, on the phone. And Dreg's just before we let you go have a swim, we'll, we'll go around the league Aww. a little bit uh, with what's happening. Nazem Kadri went down with an injury last night uh, after contact with Nick Suzuki. Do you think that he'll get a call from player safety today, or did it look more like incidental contact to you? It looked more incidental to me. Uh, George Peros is actually part of the Board of Governors meetings here. Ah, he's busy. Um, so, yeah, he has been busy. I mean, you look at a few suspensions yeah. over the last week or so, yeah. He was too quiet for the Department of Player Safety. So, again, I'm just going based on the, the two replays that I saw, you know, on uh, on video earlier today. I did not ask George directly, and I don't think it came up. I wasn't part of, of that scrum. So, I wish I had a firm answer for you. I don't. Uh, but anytime you see a player, like it's not like Nazem Kadri is on the ice all the time, like belly down, right? Like So yeah. when a player like that who plays a feisty game, likes the physical aspect of it, gets tagged and stays down, 
Well, that, that gets everyone's attention. And just to quickly remind you of the process, what happens is Department of Player Safety would quickly clip that. Um, their opinions on the hit would come from varying forms. And then ultimately, yeah, it's up to George Paros to say, okay, well, this one requires a, a phone hearing or worse. And oftentimes it doesn't get to that level because of the opinion garnered and ultimately the decision made by Paros, head of the department. Right. Interesting. Actually, one one more quick one before uh, we let you get about your day drags. NBA announced that they're going to change some award names to more current players and, and characters that league fans might know a little bit better now. Can you see the NHL ever opting to do the same thing? Yeah, I mean, it's been discussed. Like, how formally? I don't know. Right. Uh, we in the media have asked, you know, again, the, the powers that be, and many of them are here, uh, the more traditionalists inside hockey operations of the NHL, maybe the commissioner's office, just kind of roll their eyes and go, yeah, okay, whatever. I mean, uh, the names on the trophies currently are well-established and historical figures. Yeah. Um, but as as we all get older, you know, it does seem a little bit weird that there has been more significant discussion on, like, a Wayne Gretzky award. Right. You know, as opposed to Art Ross and all of those things. So they talk about it, but I think they talk about it in a very informal fashion. And when it becomes public, it's because we're poking around asking if the NHL at one point maybe do the same thing. Ah, okay. Well, thank you so much, Dregs, for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sure it'll be a blast. All right. Have a good one, guys. Darren Dreger, our TSN Hockey Insider, joined us from... Florida. Yeah, but Palm Beach or where the hell he is. Um, first off, Gary Bettman, you know he's going to give these answers in such a dismissive way and just gets rude. But I've got a stat for you. I don't know if you want to do Tell it here me. or on the side. I have one stat for you that uh, will prove that every NHL player should hate Gary Bettman. I've got one statistic in front of me that uh, must rankle and upset and enrage Every NHL player. Okay, you got to lay it on. We got a couple minutes here. Okay, okay. So, um, in life, usually what happens over time is salaries go up in any sport or in life. Right. Um, certainly. Ideally. In, ideally, especially in radio. That's why I got in this job, for the money. <laughs> so, 20 years ago, yep. two decades ago, I just pulled up one random contract, a star, Peter Forsberg of Colorado in 2002 made $11 million. In 2022, where sports rights are so important for every broadcaster, Peter Forsberg's 2002 contract would have put him tied for fifth in today's game. Yeah, that is crazy. Why did they have a strike? Why did we lose a year? So that we talk about cost certainty, it's so that players, their salaries got demoed. Go back and look at it. and I'm not trying to compare hockey with other sports. Obviously, hockey is going to have is going to make less money because in America it's behind basketball, football, and baseball. I get it. I don't expect it to be on equal footing. But go back and look what the average salary or the top salary was in any of those sports for the number one player versus what it is now. It is just mind-boggling. Like if you if you are Jonathan Taves or Patrick Kane, you're like, wait. Are you telling me that Peter Forsberg in 2002 when Twitter didn't exist, um, that he he made more than we'd ever have? Yeah, it's crazy how it hasn't changed. And I know the pandemic slowed things down a little bit, but definitely not relative to how much uh, things are just a little bit behind. Are you into the idea of changing trophy names in the NHL, by the way? I I mean, it feels like like, uh, the NBA one, I was like, yeah, okay. Um, This one for me, if you do it great, 
if you don't, it's not the end of the world. But the fact that there's nothing for Wayne Gretzky, it feels like there needs to be a Gretzky, yeah, uh, a, a Gretzky trophy. Bergeron feels like a slam dunk. Too. Yes, for the Selkie and like no one, no one. How many people know who Art Ross is? And I'm, but I'm always of trying to make sure that Art we Ross put, one NHL point in his career, by the way. Well, you know, it was a hell of a point. I think it was yeah. a secondary assist, um, but. It's always about mixing. You want to make sure that the history of the game. I'm all for history. I, yeah. I don't want to. I'm not for yeah. erasure. I mean, there definitely is some that we can keep in the mix, and and the trophies should remain the same and maybe yeah. keep even the original name on them. But I think maybe it's time for an update when most a little spring cleaning. Yeah, little, the majority of NHL like. Yeah. Most of the awards, they were named after people uh, that were alive during the First World War. Not even the Second for, uh, World War, the First World War. And But, you, yeah, you always want to keep some history because it is remarkable how we forget the greatness of players that were, say, from the late 90s. Right. Like, a lot of people don't remember Peter Forsberg. Yeah. And 70 years from now. People are gonna be like Austin Matthews, like just, and that's fine. That's part of generations. Right. It's, it just happens. But yeah, so if if you can find a way to blend it, but this is the NHL. They're the slowest. They're like, huh? We're not gonna do I any know. of that. You know, it's, it's a Batman. They, they, they're not gonna make any. They're not gonna make any. Make yeah, I, I don't generally find the board ads overly distracting. Doesn't either. bother me at all. But when I see the screenshots occasionally of half a player's body missing or yes. something like that, I do find it a bit hilarious. Oh, you know, it, it's funny, but it doesn't really bother me because it's a screenshot. When you're watching, yes. just boom, boom, boom. You, you're not gonna really notice the action because you are following the puck and anything to get the revenue up in yeah, this sport. You're right. Anything. Right. The number one problem that hurt the Maple Leafs was Nylander, Matthews, and Marner all needed contracts at the same time right before COVID. Imagine if those contracts, their second contract, was come uh, came up one month after COVID started. None of them would be making the money now because, you know, just the projections of where the cap was going. Yeah. They all got signed at a time when, hey, here comes Seattle. That means there's going to be another bump in the cap like it was with Vegas. And then everything flattened out. And we know what happened after that. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Okay, on the other side, we've got some audio for you. We're going to do some rankings a little bit later. We've got Matt Cause's School of Degeneracy still to come. Oh, it's a, it is, a, it's going to be a gutter. It's going to uh, be a, or a completely cowardly. It, it'll be something for sure. Yeah. Uh, Al's brother, we're, we're, it's a tribute to him yes. and his School of Degeneracy. Yes. For Julie Cherry and Matt Cause, you're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app. This is Leafs Lunch. On TSN 1050, the Leafs live here. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available for purchase at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Welcome back to Scotiabank Arena and Leafs Lunch. The Leafs have the Anaheim Ducks tonight at home. It's on TSN 1050 and TSN 4 tonight. I'm Julie Sherry. I've got Matt Cause along with me. We heard from... Kevin McGran of the Toronto Star. We heard from Darren Dreger out in Florida. Um, it is cold in this arena today. It yeah. is not Florida-like. I, I want to make that clear to everyone. Apparently, I heard uh, we're, I spoke to someone from Building Ops last time I was here and complaining about the coldness. And apparently during the COVID season, when they had the bubble here in Toronto, yep. and there was no one in the building, they like, remember the chirps about the ice from Brad? Was it Marchand? Maybe someone from Probably. Boston? Probably. If it's going to be anyone, it's going to be Brad. Yeah, I think somebody said something about the ice here in Toronto 
during the playoffs, whatever the case may be, now this building is cold. Apparently the ice during the playoff bubble they noticed was a lot better because the building's a lot colder. And they just decided to keep it this cold. So when there's no humans in here and it's just you and I and our board op, Luca, yes. it is gosh darn cold in here. It, well, because all we have is a giant slab of ice and us. So, But don't worry, uh, during the commercial break, Luca and I went out and we foraged. And we got lots of kindling, so we're going to start a fire here. Oh. I don't think it's that's against any of the You think I let two Toronto boys light a fire in my midst? Excuse me. If there's one thing I can do, <laughs> I uh, listen, I, these hands here, these are soft hands. Those these are, are not, These are not hands that have... Moisturized. That, oh, these are moisturized hands. But the one thing I take pride in is my ability okay. to, to, to start a fire. So we just, we've, uh, we took some of the press guides, we were, as also with kindling, so we're going to start a nice fire nice. a little bit later. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Leafs, Ducks tonight. Ilya Samsonov gets the start today. Uh, It's always interesting. I I hate to dive too much into the goalie situation here in Toronto because there's no issues right now. And when there's no issues with something, sometimes I don't like talking about it too much because I feel like my talking about it will somehow inspire an issue to begin. Yeah. Uh, But I am intrigued by the way that Sheldon Keefe is kind of planning on splitting the games for these two, especially when they're both kind of rolling. This is what Sheldon Keefe had to say about the whole situation. But he's played really well. He deserves it. I think it's just the biggest thing. We're going to have both goalies involved. You know, that's really it. I mean, I don't think you're going to see a situation with us where you're going to see one guy go on any sort of extended run, um, particularly the way that they've played. They, they both deserve the net, and that allows us to manage the workload. Both guys we have great confidence in and have given us uh, the ability to win games. So with that being the case, we don't see any need to, uh, you know, to, to lean too heavily on any one guy. So that's as simple as that. And take it a day at a time, you know, but we're always kind of looking at the schedule and how things are. Wolf just sets. You know what? You know what that answer was? That answer was boring. And that answer there reflects the Maple Leafs' goaltending position right now. It is boring. And if you are a Leafs fan, that's awesome. You like it that way. No, you want it boring. Boring means things are working. Boring means stability. It's like a, a relationship. You know, you, you got the friends who are in a, a couple, and they fight all the time. Right. That's exciting, but guess what? That's a bad relationship. You want the one where the couple is good, and they're happy, and that's what we have now. And the bigger picture here, like the actual talking point, because, yeah, we, controversy makes our job easier. Right. But the bigger talking point is imagine – this team with no goalie controversy. Yeah. What is that? That speaks to how well the forwards are playing defensively, how connected the forwards are with the defense. It speaks to the fact that the two young guys are doing their job, are, are now hitting new heights in, in Sandine and Lilligren. They are, uh, they wanted more responsibility and they're handling it well. So the youth is doing it. The old man Giordano is playing great. What a blessing. Justin Hall a month and a half ago was public enemy number one. Now we don't talk about him. Yeah. Boring. It's a, it's a testament to the Maple Leafs, the coaching staff, and the players that the goalie situation is boring, whether it's Samsonoff or Murray. We're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and it's nice to have because, I don't know, we've been in the situation before. Earlier this season, you can think of the time that Samsonov and Ari were both down. We were rolling with Schalgren. Yeah. All is well between the pipes for the Maple Leafs, and uh, hopefully that will continue tonight. Samsonov perfect at home, like I mentioned off the top of the show, so we'll see if he can continue that streak tonight. Two more streaks at stake. Yeah, Yeah, the Leafs. Picking up a point in their last, what are we at, 14 now, 13? It's been December 
or November 12th, rather, the last time the Leafs lost in regulation. So we're over the month mark now that the Leafs have picked up a point in every game. And Mitch Marner, of course, going for 23 games in a row with a point tonight. You feel both of those happening tonight? I, I don't know yeah. if I'm accidentally previewing well, I mean, your school of degeneracy. Listen, uh, when it comes to, you know, when you're a fan, there's logic and then there's your over-emotion. Right. And the, when the emotion takes over, you're scared to death. Because Anaheim has one regulation win, and it was beating backup goalie New York Rangers, so they got outshot by like 20, 22 shots. But no, the Leafs should kill them. The, the Ducks are a bad team. Like, they're both rebuilding and bad at the same time, which is fantastic for getting that Connor Bedard jersey into your, into your arena. But no, they should win. It's they, very confusing to me why they're so terrible. Like, they've got a couple good pieces on defense. Yep. Like, Klingberg's probably going to be a target for somebody come trade deadline time. They've got decent goaltending. They've got these pieces up front that are supposed to get a little bit better. Why did one regulation win? One. That, that's the thing. It's almost Christmas. Yeah. It's crazy. We all knew they were going to be bad. The odds had... Um, but I thought they'd be exciting. Like, yes. the Montreal Canadiens... Let me give some flowers to the Montreal Canadiens. Go they are it. gosh darn terrible. Yes. But they make every game fun to watch. They've got some fun, exciting young players um, that go along with their veterans that are just kind of helping shuffle these newer guys into the NHL and yeah. have them become full-time NHLers. And, and it's cool. And it's it's fun to watch on a night-to-night basis because sometimes they're scoring five and, and letting in eight. It's, <laughs> it's entertaining hockey. You're the right. The Ducks just are terrible. I yeah. don't understand what, what why they're so, 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 so bad. I know they're supposed to be bad, and bad is acceptable, but it feels But this is, a, this is a higher level. Yeah. And listen. Like they're wor- they've got the worst goal differential at minus like fifty three. Insane. And that's fine. Someone's got to be the bottom. Yep. But the the thing I always look at is not that you're on the bottom. What's the gap between you and the second worst? And the gap is like twenty. The second one's like minus thirty two, thirty three. So it's like it's like there's Anaheim who got shut out last night, three nothing to Ottawa. It's back to back, bad team. Toronto should win. But the gap between them and the second worst team is so bleeping high. Yeah. And, and and I think that's the thing that really stands out with them. Um, as for, for Marner, we talked about with Kevin McGran, and maybe the most remarkable thing Marner's done this year is forcing coaches like Daryl Sutter to deploy the highest level of defensive, uh, the, the, the most talented defensive pairings on him instead of Matthews. Like, imagine you're Austin Matthews going, wait a minute, I'm not getting the, the, the hardest guys going up against me? I mean, that right there speaks to just how good Marner, just how incredible Marner has been. Yeah, yeah. So the Anaheim Ducks, in theory, should have their hands absolutely full tonight with this Toronto Maple Leafs team that's just on an absolute roll right now. And we'll see if they can continue that tonight. Uh, For now, that's hour one of Leafs Lunch. Okay, we've got this. Wait, I I have to say something about Little Donut. Share the holiday love this season with McDonald's. Text the keyword holiday in your name to 105050 for your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. Feeling festive? Enjoy a peppermint mocha or hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC cookie or McCafe creme brulee little donut available at participating locations. Now, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to gonna, gonna, gonna critique you for a quick second. I the, said Lil. Okay, did you? Cause I did not say little. I said Lil. Okay, because when, when <laughs> I do it, you know, when, whenever I, I am talking about this, and again, text holiday and your name to 105050, I just go Lil. I did, when I do it, it's McCafe Creme Brulee. Little Donut. Lil, it's I, like someone's rap name. Like if a donut yes. had, a, had a rap album, it would be Little Donut. Or if you, this is going really deep, if you ever read Archie, yeah. Archie comics, remember they had Little Archie? Oh, yeah. And, and, and it was the same thing. It was spelled the same way. Lil, it's just L-I with the apostrophe L. 
Uh, from Lil Julia to Sherry and Lil Matt Cause, you're listening to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050 and the iHeartRadio app, Hour 2, coming at you next.